Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Design Recharge. I'm your host, Diane Gibbs. I think we all need a place uh, to feel connected and to fuel our creativity, especially when we're at work and especially when we're lonely onlys or we're in small groups. So that's exactly what today's show is going to be about. So I hope that you enjoy. Today we have Josh Morey and he is at Michigan State, Michigan State University. And he has worked at other in-house companies. Um, but the other thing I wanted to tell you was that this podcast is sponsored today by Audible. And you can go and download one free audiobook and then get a whole month for free um, at 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash design recharge. So excited to share that new thing and I did that from memory too so I sure hope it's right the links will be below I would trust them better than what I just said but that's what I think it is all right so Josh we're not uh, gonna beat around the bush we're gonna jump right in we're gonna Sounds get some great. stuff because this is something I think a lot of people deal with especially for freelancers so me I have my own company but I don't always get time to brainstorm and uh, collaborate or to even just get you know, pick people's brains. And that's why I kind of started a mastermind group. So you started a group of creatives at Michigan State. Had I, Well, first, give us a little bit of your background and because you'd worked at two other in-house places before this, right? Yes. So a little bit of background because I saw a lot of the messages popping in here. So yeah, I went to Western Michigan University. So go Broncos. Uh, from Michigan, left Michigan, came back to Michigan. Um, but in the past, so I've been at uh, Michigan State here in the same college uh, for five years or about five and a half now. Uh, previously, I worked for a small private college in uh, Adrian, Michigan. So it's just called Adrian College. And that was kind of when I got into higher ed. And then before that, it was it was kind of in-house, so we worked. Uh, I worked for an advertising studio um, that we focused mostly on uh, attorney advertising um, and law advertising. Um, but it was a it was a really interesting environment because I was the first employee in the office that was in Indiana. Mm-hmm. Um, so where you talk about kind of like being that lonely only, uh, yeah, I was the, besides my creative director and the half owner of the company, I was the only one there for quite a while uh, so until we that? started expanding. So how does that, because I think just to kind of paint the picture for people who aren't, paint that picture of what it is like to be that lonely only, just remind people, although most people probably don't need reminding. It's, I mean, it really, it is difficult. It takes a lot to uh, kind of work through that. So here at Michigan State, uh, we have communicators all over campus. Um, but the hard part is, so we have our our main area, our main communications for the entire university. And they luckily, they do have, uh, uh, you know, a few different creatives on staff and uh, a larger staff than the rest of us. When, we, when it distills down to uh, the colleges, um, sometimes there's, there's none of me. They just don't even have a graphic designer and they farm everything out to uh, studios in the area. Um, and then often you might get lucky and there's one of me. Um, but sometimes they're spread out into different departments, right? A lot of yeah. times, Patricia, I don't, I, I don't think you have a very big team either, right? So it's, it's something that can, it, so what does it do to your creativity when you are kind of the lonely marketing department or, or how does it, how do you have to keep fueling yourself so that you're not just burning out? That's 
that's a huge piece. You really do have to keep that fire going. So like when I started here at Michigan State, it was fantastic because I have a great marketing director. He's been here a little longer than me. And I was one of the first people that he added onto the team. So uh, it's nice now because we have a few other people. We have a videographer, a web developer. Um, and but yeah, being that only creative person, you know, we don't speak the same language as everybody mm. else. Uh, it's really hard because you might be just looking for some feedback from somebody else. And they're just like, well, yeah, you know, it's pretty. Yeah, I like it. It's real pretty. Right. But you're right. really trying to get that deeper, uh, deeper feedback. And it, yeah, it can definitely be really hard. You do have to kind of keep that fire going. Um, it does take a little bit of that self-initiating uh, mm. spirit. Um, I try to do other things to keep myself creative. You know, you have to you know, doodle during meetings, anything to keep that going, sketching when you can. Um, I try to surround myself with creative mm -hmm. things that other people make because that really having that environment helps a ton. Mm -hmm. I've sat in, you know, a white box that I'm not allowed to do anything <laughs> to before. And it's amazing just how much that can change your mood in general, you know. So Amanda, I believe, is the one from Chicago, if I'm remembering, or Pennsylvania. You'll have to remind me. I'm so sorry if I got it wrong. I can only see so much of the chat. Chicago, <laughs> I was right. Okay, so she says, this, th this is my current position. I'm the creative director, the project manager, the graphic designer, the copywriter, and the copy editor for three different company channels. And then she said, I'm exhausted. That's, so that's a lot. That, that's a huge amount to take on and different mindsets too. I mean, when you add in uh, copy copywriting editing. and copy mm -hmm. editing, ah, I, I tell people every time, uh, I, if you want me to write something for you, you're going to change your mind really quick. <laughs> <laughs> I will write a zingy one liner or a headline, but after that, you don't want me involved in that. <laughs> right. So it is really pulling. So it's about refueling those those gears or getting better at some things because there's not really an option for Amanda probably to not write. So she has yeah. to kind of tack that on. So there are some things that you can do and some, some, hopefully maybe they would help you with some courses. And there's a course by uh, Marie Forleo or Derek Halpern. And I'll try to put those in the chat that are for copywriting specifically. I actually think that helps all of us designers. The more we do that, I know it looks weird. Not me, not having my glasses on. Sorry about that. <laughs> I really don't wear them except when I'm on the computer. Anyway, so so you feel you felt kind of alone. Did you have when you moved to this position? Mm -hmm. Did you have a a creative director or did you have another designer near you? No. Oh, okay, so just, a lonely only. Yep, just me. Uh, had my marketing director, which he is fantastic, and his wife is a graphic designer, so he gets it. He gets it a little bit. He gets that crossover, but I mean, he loves Excel docs and tables <laughs> and marketing research, and those are not the things that I'm passionate about in life. <laughs> That's so it's, my it's, sister too, so yeah. I get you. So, I mean, it's, he definitely can cross that line just a little bit and that's always helpful. Uh, but this, you know, this isn't his area. Um, and that's the same way when I was at my small private college, I did not have a creative director. Mm. Um, I end up taking on that role as well. Okay. So, so you have um, a lot of experience being in house. So why now at this point in your career, did you say, Hey, this is enough. I know there's other creatives here. What mm. can I do? So it's, you know, it takes you a little while to realize that you are getting burnt out and then you got to figure out how to, you know, light that fire again. So what, what was it for you? What was it that hmm. turned you on that you're burned out? It's, 
I've, you know, I bet everyone's had that job where they are just unhappy to go to work and they're unhappy when they're at work and they're unhappy when they leave work and you just get in that cycle. And I luckily, I've never really had that here. I've never had that day when I'm like, man, why do I work here? Because otherwise, you know, I, I try to leave. Um, but when it starts getting to be that like monotonous, like, you know, you're in that rut, uh, it's the same thing every day. You're not really passionate about any of the projects that you're working on. And it's, it's unfortunate because when you work in house, you don't get to pick and choose. You don't get the glorious, you know, you know, multi hundred thousand dollar contracts to do the cool thing all the time, which I used to do that. It was awesome. But you know, I get, you know, this much awesome projects and I get this much. It's going to keep on going. <laughs> there we go. Right. Of the day to day, you know, we need to make an imprint because someone has a event that they need uh, cups for or tablecloths or quick flyers because it's, we just produce these things nonstop. And yeah, it's when, it's when you, you know, kind of can't say, well, I love my job. And I, I don't like mm -hmm. saying that because I do, I love my job. I really do. But when you have that day or multiple days and it keeps on dragging on a little bit, that you're just kind of like, well, why, you know, why am I here? If you start thinking about that, why am I here? Should I leave? You know, it might just take a little bit of reigniting what made you want to be there in the first time. Okay. First place. If, if that is a job that you took because you wanted it, not just because you're trying to uh, step stone or jump right. somewhere else. Okay, so, but sometimes you have to do things outside and you've been really good at this, doing things outside of work and then bringing them. Um, and, and maybe that, sometimes that fuels your fire. You kind of have some side right. gigs or some side projects. I always think those things are really important. But I think in some ways this has helped fuel some of the things. But in, move over just a little bit towards the lamp. And show that print matters poster. Oh yeah, here so, we, can, we can go for it. Watch this. I can move. We're not plugged so, in. So I love print uh, papers. They're one of my favorites. Uh, anyway, Josh made this print with print matters is a thing that um, French paper and Mama Sauce does. They actually came up there and they did this with glow in the dark ink, and it looks like it's on like a navy paper, and it's mm -hmm. just two inks, right? It is a. It's a three. So we did it in black. And silver, and then the glow in the dark is on on that as well. So okay, so three. So we and it's stars. So there was this concept. This wasn't necessarily for work, but you did it, and they came to Michigan State. It ended up being a kind of a combo. So they, mm -hmm. we, uh, one of the the images that you posted that was a uh, really ornate line drawings on coasters. That was one of our holiday cards um, that we did. And it's one of the one of those fun projects that I get to do every year is our holiday card. Um, and we had used mama sauce for the printer. Mm. And then, uh, after we got done, uh, Nick Sombrato contacted me. He's like, Hey, I do this, uh, speaker series called print matters. And I see that you're at a university and you know, it's with French paper and they're also in Michigan. Like, what do you think if like we came up there and did the speaker series? And I was like, wow, I have no power. I have no control to do that whatsoever. But luckily I know the people that do the college that I worked for has the department of art, art, history, and design. Mm -hmm. I know the professors over there and it just happened to be that they were submitting grant proposals right then. Mm -hmm. uh, so I got everyone connected and we were able to actually bring it there really soon. Um, this is it, oh, I think. Yeah, right? that's the one. Uh, and so it was fantastic that it really all worked out. And then they usually, uh, Nick and Brian ask somebody to uh, make the poster for it, which I think is an awesome piece of the event. Mm -hmm. um, 
Now, the hard part is, is uh, I really thought they were going to ask one of our students to do it because it kind of makes sense and uh, it would be a great opportunity for the students. Sure. Um, but I was super fortunate that they did ask me and then I wasn't going to turn them down. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, maybe you should ask one of them. No, no I wanted to do it really bad. Um, it was a fantastic well, process. And it, yeah, so it was kind of like this um, semi-work project, but it really became you know, a little bit of a passion project for me, for sure. All right. So what else outside of work? Cause we're going to, I'm going to try to find the, um, the coasters. Cause I, I want to okay. show that as well. And I'm just looking through your Instagram. I don't know if you posted it there, but I'm hoping maybe they might've been there. They were from a few years ago, so I can't remember if they've made it's it. It's okay. I'll keep yeah. looking. All right. So this tells the, me that I need to repost some stuff. Exactly. You know, get that throwback Thursday in there. That's right. <laughs> All right. So, um, you so tell them a little bit about the Spartan Design League and how you started finding other creatives and then getting them together. And I know this is in it's kind of the it's still new. You're still kind of figuring out how you dance together, right? Mm -hmm. It's still awkward, maybe. But what are some of the things? Because this could be now. Granted, if you're a lonely only at a company. There's probably not, but if you're at a university, there may be some others. It could be that you reach out to cop or people in English, or you reach out to other people who may, it, they may not be doing it as a job, but it may be something that you can at least come together. And there's where brainstorming and things like that happen. So what, how did you start it and who, what was kind of the requirements? Cause I think you just have says it's creatives, right? Yep. Oh no, it's Spartan so Design League, but you open for everybody right exactly so to preface that a little bit so when you're that lonely only it might not be that you have an organization to you know tap into um so when i was in uh working for the design agency in indiana mm -hmm. since i was one of the the first employees in that office because my creative director and the owner of the company had just moved there and she was feeling the same thing even though there was two of us we were still feeling that that same kind of thing and we didn't have anything to tap into so we found just people in the area it's amazing kind of where the creatives are hiding in the area and we started like a morning uh, coffee hour like once a month and you know we had people that were illustrating children's books and some people that did freelance design so sometimes it can just you know it might not just be finding that at that organization um might just be trying to see who's out there and i know it's really hard and it does take the, you got to have that right personality. You can't be the introvert and just hoping that somebody also just lands on your doorstep. Right. But to fast forward here to MSU. So oddly enough, I tried to do this a few years ago and it didn't work. So this is my second time trying it. Um, and Don't give up. No, that's exactly it too. I definitely, I felt a little, you know, kind of torn on it since we tried once before mm -hmm. and Another designer here on campus that uh, I've worked with a couple times on different things. Um, she had the same feeling. She's like, "Why? Why don't we get together? There's there's a group for the web people, and there's a group for these people, and we have a communicators group. But I mean, that houses anybody that's considered communications for the entire mm -hmm. university. And so, where beforehand I tried to start it big right away, we decided to go a little more grassroots with it and start it small. We just uh, started with uh, four of us and we started having lunch and okay, then lunch like once a month once a yeah, week what once once a month uh everyone's got really weird schedules and it's really hard to uh match them up since we're all doing such different things mm -hmm. um but yeah so we're like okay let's have lunch once a month and see what happens um and we had four people then we started adding on we got five then six then seven 
and then 11, and then we realized that lunch was getting really hard uh, because it was, you know, at one point, I think we actually had 23 people sign up or show oh. 17, 23. I can't remember the exact number. Um, that's why I draw pictures for a living because I don't do numbers. <laughs> uh, and yeah, it was really, it was like, wow, this is growing really well. And it was great. We, you know, sometimes we would just talk about design things. Sometimes it's about, you know, the hardships of things that we're dealing with in our departments here. Mm-hmm. We try to do a little bit of show and tell, like bring something that you're like really mm-hmm. passionate about that you're actually working on because often we don't see each other's work either. It's really hard here because we have such different audiences. You know, my audience from my college is completely different from an audience from another college. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so we started doing show and tell. Uh, now it's actually really ironic that we're meeting that you and I are talking right now. Cause as soon as we're done with this, I'm going to go and talk with the other people that helped me start this. So it was not a lone thing. There's three of us that are kind of like running uh, this to get it going. And we're meeting right after this because we did a survey last month um, to kind of ask what people are looking for too. Cause you can't just assume, you know, what people are trying to get out of the group. So we, uh, we love surveys here. We love research. So we sent out a survey and we're analyzing those results to see what people are looking for. Cause we have a lot of future ideas. We want to start doing more of a lunch and learn mm-hmm. or some workshops on campus because the great thing is, is, the skills that you have are not the skills that I have. Right. And I bet you can teach me something and I bet I can teach you something. Um, and if we can just make each other stronger at our own jobs, I think that's an awesome thing. Um, we talked about this a lot when uh, a few of us went to Adobe Max. And so we were talking about, you know, what, what did we learn in different sessions so we can try to figure it out. We talk about conferences a lot because we're fortunate here that since we're at, you know, an institution of learning that most of us uh, have that idea. Like, why don't we keep on making ourselves better? And we have budgetary allowances to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we talk about conferences a lot to figure out where people can go to learn more stuff or how can we, you know, feel that creative fire again. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been really good. It was, and we, we started it slow. We started, I think like last summer when the workload's not high. Uh, so because Andre says he has something like that in Portugal. He did with um, a bunch of illustrators. He started in a coffee shop and it's really small. He says, but it's not very successful. Um, are there any tips? So one is not think. So if nobody's meeting, then it could just be that they don't know about it and, or maybe it's not the right time. So it's about finding time and maybe finding, I think some key people, he had four people that would commit to doing mm-hmm. it. I think so it was about in finding a time that they could come together instead of just finding a, a, a meetup place, like find a time that me and, uh, Andre and, you know, four people could actually say, Hey, we're going to do this. And then we're going to invite it out. I think that was probably one of the key things for it growing is that you did have that core group that it wasn't just you, but you got buy-in from at least a few other core people. Right. Exactly. And it, it really worked because we already had, you know, these four or five people that were invested in it that really enjoyed it. So we're like, okay, even if it doesn't take off more past this, then I think we've already created kind of a successful group. It may be smaller than what we wanted, but it was still successful. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, we have, uh, you know, we have a lot of communicators here on campus. So we got to the point where we're like, okay, this is going kind of good. Uh, we decided to actually, well, we got semi outed at a previous communicators meeting where somebody uh, had said something and was like, oh yeah. And you, well, you know, there's the graphic design group and you saw the room go, what? 
there's a graphic design group. Uh, so we kind of had to move a little faster than we planned at that point. And we went to the next meeting, we told everybody about it. And, you know, at one hand, we're not trying to be, we, we truly are trying to be a group for creatives and mm -hmm. for support. We are worried mm. that it would become where people are coming to the group trying to learn graphic design because they don't have one of us in their department. Mm. And as much as we're not trying to be exclusive, we're not trying to exclude anybody, it wasn't our goal. Like we really are trying to be supportive to the other creatives on campus. Like that really was the goal. So, so Andre says he has 22 in his Facebook group, but only five or six come. I think that's huge. That's great. That's awesome. I mean, even, even if they're not coming in person, that online community is awesome. So I'm having the opposite problem. I had everybody show up, but I can't get anybody to communicate online. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and it's so hard they, because we get together once a month and we're trying to keep that like rolling through the rest of the month. And we're having a lot of trouble keeping that going. So, I mean, to have 22 in your group on Facebook, that's awesome. Okay, so then he had five or six come, and then he, this month only two came. I actually think sometimes it's just a bad month, right? And you can't that's give up. A hundred percent. We've we've had low months, and that's kind of why we sent out the survey, too, because we were like, man, it seems like we're really dwindling. But then, you know, I look outside right now, and you said earlier, Diane, that it was like 80 degrees outside. <laughs> it does not look like that outside my window here in Michigan. So we were like, well, maybe people just don't want to get cold. Uh, right. you know, we, I think the lunch hour has been kind of hard for us too. So we're trying to experiment with different times to see if there's a time that works better. You know, if only, you know, if you dwindle down to two, it could just be that this was a hard month for everybody, or it could just be that, you know, maybe one time you have it in the morning, one time, maybe you have it in the afternoon mm -hmm. and then you can start using that to see, and it might even open it up to more in that 22 you know, they might have something going on every morning and they just can never make that. It could be something work related. It could be that they have to take their right. kids to school. That right. Day. Right. Okay. So, um, cause I like, I mean, Andre comes, I just want to help. This is what design recharge is. This is the beauty of it being live. Um, so if you have, um, there's a beauty about having it online and there's this community that starts. So sometimes you have to start it online and it builds and then you can meet in person and, mm -hmm. or it's like what you have, Josh, where you have something that is started in person and then maybe it becomes something where there's something more or subgroups or some, or people are accountability or doing something off, you know, not during, but monthly, it could be because you've had some kind of leaner times, right? So mm -hmm. when did you do the survey and how many questions were in the survey and how much response did you get back? Was it like a hundred percent or 20% people filled so, out the survey? Well, I didn't handle this. They handled the survey as much. Uh, one of the other, so there's three of us that are really, like I said, working on this uh, and somebody else is very good with surveys. So they were fortunate to do it for uh, the rest of us. Well, I, we had a really good response. Uh, and when I say really good, I think it was, you know, 17 or 18 people, which for us on campus, that's actually really good. Cause there's not, there's not a ton of us. Um, and we did it. I think it was about a month and a half ago. And so, okay. so almost a year. So we, we started the group last summer. So we're okay. probably about nine months in. Okay. Um, and all of these numbers can be made up. I don't even know. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just you pulling the numbers. You already said you went great with numbers. Right, right, right. Uh, but yeah, we, the questions kind of came along like, you know, what are you looking to get out of the group? Mm. You know, what would you like to see? It was really trying to see how we can tailor this to people. And then it came down to easy things like, hey, do you want to be at lunchtime? 
or do you yeah. want to do it another time? Do so you want to meet off campus or mm -hmm. do you want to meet like somewhere that's nearby? So what, what about um, the number of questions? Because sometimes if you have a good response, I mean, if 17 to 20 people actually responded, that's mm -hmm. huge. Um, but what, how many questions did you keep it and was it pretty straightforward? Because I think this would be something that Andre could actually send out, do a doodle, yeah. uh, not a, well, I mean, I guess you could do a doodle poll, but where times are of the essence, but you could do like a free little form where people are filling out or questions. Um, I can't remember gravity form or something where it's just like five questions and ask, you know, just a, a little survey to kind of yeah. get an idea of, so how many questions were in yours? I feel like, and again, I'm just going to make up every number I got today. No, I feel, I feel like it was around 10. Okay. It probably, probably was a few more than that. Um, and you know, it might have seemed a little bit longer because a lot of times we were asking, we did try to lead people a little bit like, you know, what are you looking for in parentheses? Oh, are you looking for, you know, like learning opportunities? Are you just looking for networking? Are you looking, right. you know, to talk about vendors? Because mm. on campus, we have to deal with that a lot. Yeah. Um, and so it was, it was a little more open-ended. So it probably took a little more effort on their part just so that they could, so we're not forcing them into the questions that we wanted because that was the whole idea is that we don't we wanted to really see what other people were looking for right so in a way so amy's saying that they did something like this to really get our um aiga raleigh going mm -hmm. and they did a lunch and learn series and she said so this may be one of the other issues andre is that proximity is a real issue so if the if the location was really good for some people, it would bring more. But if the location wasn't good, it was too far. If it was at lunch, it was too hard to, to do. So really asking those questions before work, after work, um, yeah. on a weekend. Uh, or we ran into those same issues, yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's common for any group. Um, we definitely ran into those exact same issues. Um, you know, we had somebody that's like, well, I, I really only get an hour for lunch. I, I got to be back in exactly one hour where there's other people like I a very flexible schedule. Where I'm like, man, we want to talk for an hour, two hours, you know, what right. you like, um, and part of it too, is since it's, it's hard when, uh, it plays into supervisors as well. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if your supervisor is okay with you having a meeting that they don't see how it's really related to, uh-huh. And that's when we started out originally, you know, we didn't have a name for the group. Uh, we didn't have a, you know, set like, well, we're going to meet the second Tuesday of every month. Oh. And making those a few more, like being in all of us from the same organization, uh, make, kind of legitimizing it with some of those details, I think helped a lot of the people in the group that they were like, oh, well, oh, well, I'm going to the Spartan Design League meeting. And they're like, oh, okay, well, that's a thing. That sounds real. <laughs> it doesn't sound like you're just, you know, going out for coffee with your friends when, you know, we need you doing a specific thing. Right. Yeah. Okay, so, and also if you schedule it out a month in advance or they know that it's the second Tuesday or whatever, then it also, they know to avoid um, that yes. time or, or block that time out. I also think, you know, I'll have people who will ask me for a meeting and I'm like, this week? I'm like, I can't meet with you this week. Like, even if it's a Monday, this week's already booked. I'm yeah. almost all booked for next week. So it's really, you know, our times are tight, I think. Mm -hmm. and, and I think everybody has super tight. I mean, this is just work stuff for me. So 
I think having two weeks out is a really good enough time, hopefully. Um, I also think Amy's had something else that I wanted to share. She said, when you're doing this, so that some topics might pull better, that might be something more that they wanted to learn or wanted to do. Mm -hmm. um, like, I don't know if your print matters was highly attended. I would think that maybe that was attended also by students. Very, well. very student heavy, yes. Anyway, it's awesome. So it's great for students <laughs> or for real people. But um, it is about what you're calling it so that there's bullet points of saying, hey, I'm going to go to this Spartan Design League and we're going to be talking about SEO or we're going to be talking about um, uh, printers or online printers or, or something. And then that way, those bosses, if it is during that work hour, that they are more apt to saying, oh, well, what, what are you covering this week? Yeah. Something like that. Exactly. And that's, that's where we're trying to go next. That's our next step for sure is starting to have more of a kind of structured topic or mm -hmm. if it's not happening on the normal like meeting that we've set like that, that we're going to start peppering in some other things. Uh, you're like, well, okay, we're going to do a, uh, we're going to do a learning session, but it's going to be, you know, next month on this Wednesday at this time. And this is the topic. So I hope people will want to check it out. Oh, when we start, when we first started it, when it was like the five, six, seven of us, before we did all this, we would fill out like a doodle poll just to figure out what day worked for everybody. Um, and since we kind of moved that, it's, you know, we can't, when it gets to, you know, the 15, 20 people, you can't send out the doodle poll asking 20 people, like, what day works great for everyone? Because you're never going to hit it. It's, no. I, I have trouble scheduling a meeting with four people here. It's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, we don't do that kind of pre-sign up when we're doing something more like workshop Mm -hmm. I think that's probably a really good idea to go about or just get a feel for how many people there because we have a lot of different options for room availability here on campus mm -hmm. and you know we've got rooms that are a little more intimate which could be fantastic but also we've got some larger spaces that we can use. All right so here's two questions these are kind of not related but they are kind of related so one you said that once you called it so how far in you started it in the last summer how mm -hmm. far in did you call it um, Spartan Design League? We started that once the school year got rolling again. So summer was kind of our soft, uh, our soft rollout mm -hmm. to see if people would show up again, <laughs> which it was awesome. People did show up. Uh, and then we started trying to kind of legitimize those details in like, I feel like it was October or September, somewhere in there. You know, we gave it a little time to kind of like get its feel for itself. And then we started trying to add in those details that are, cause that, and that was, that's what had failed our first time. So we really wanted to try the opposite. The first time we're really, okay, we want to start a design group. We should email all the designers and this is when it's going to happen instead. And you know, it, it didn't work. And like right. you said earlier, don't let, don't get discouraged from that because uh, people change, people move, organizations change. Right. There could be someone, I mean, this was probably two and a half, three years ago at this point that I, we previously tried. Um, could be a bunch of different people in the area now that would be, super excited about a group like this okay so here's some of the other questions okay so here's some suggestions and questions one i want to know if you're ever so i think content and having like a content calendar is helpful for people to know and that if once a, a quarter or once a year or three times a year you're doing a workshop right that there's mm -hmm. something that might be a little bit longer but then that might be that you need a little bit of funding for that, which I know at a school you could maybe apply for a grant or something like that, but, or an internal grant, or sometimes your boss will do something like that. 
But sometimes people were saying, oh, if they have $5, if they pay $5 in Orlando at an AIGA event, and if it's a $5 event, then once you get there, it saves your seat. But if you come, then you get your money back. You get your $5, which I actually really like that. Um, then it is incentive for you to come yeah. because I do think people will um, come for their money, you know, because they've, it gives um, some validity as well as like, Oh, this is something I don't want to just walk away from. And then um, Amy also, or somebody, Kim says that that's, they do that in Orlando. Um, and then the other thing was having, if you had like a bigger speaker come, how would you get that funded? Or, have you, cause there, what is like a goal? I know you've talked about a lot of things, but what was the goal for you or the core group, the four people, what was the goal for starting this? And I do think that's really important to kind of narrow down in the beginning. Mm -hmm. uh, really our main goal boiled down just to that creative support and to have other creative people to talk mm -hmm. to. Um, okay. You know, it try circling way back to the beginning of our conversation, like mm -hmm. really trying to counteract that burnout that you get by yourself. Um, having a community of people that we can talk to, mm. having people to speak the same language. And I'm not talking regular language, obviously just talking the creative language, things that we deal with on a day-to-day -day basis, knowing that we're not the only people doing that at one time. Um, right. So, I mean, the main goal was, yeah, creative support. How can we really build, I mean, we're here, we're already here. How can we build this community so that we can support each other? I mean, that's a huge, huge piece of it. So the, really, it's just really about community. Because this yes. is the reason I wanted Josh to come on. Um, during month of Love on Designers, this is the last week. And today, this week, you're supposed to, and I don't care if you keep it going the whole year, people. <laughs> but um, this is the week you're supposed to reach out to somebody who maybe you don't know, but you've read their book or you've done, um, they've, their training on YouTube or, or you, whatever has made a difference in your life or in your career. And I think that that is something it never gets old for those people. Cause sometimes they don't get thanked as much as you would think. Sometimes they get more bad stuff than they do good stuff. So just reach out to somebody and share the love this week. So, but that's why I wanted Josh because he was so much about community. And I also wanted him because he has such a positive attitude and he didn't give up. So you have <laughs> the burnout, you have these four, it doesn't, it kind of, flip-flops two years ago or it doesn't get off but then you don't give up because you see there's still this need there's still mm -hmm. there's still the want from the people around okay so um you start you do think the name helps that was brian yan asked that question he said do you think it gives validity to having that group 100 percent. 100 percent. yeah what was the it difference? really made it what's that what was kind of the difference like before it was just this and then once it had a name why was it so different? It's the point that I'd made earlier was it, it really gave uh, people something to call it so that it didn't sound like you were just going out to lunch, be away from the office, not do work or go just hang out with other people. Um, and that really did add validity to it. Um, just so that, uh, cause like our web group has a, has a name as well. It's, uh, the web dev cafe yeah. and uh, there's a couple other groups on campus, but, and especially being on campus and being in an organization, like um, having, hmm. having a name actually helps validity, add validity to us at the university as well, which definitely helps. 
So Brian has another question. He's full of questions today, but that's okay. He always answers everything and put, puts in all the stuff Brian. in the chat. Brian and I, I chat all the time. Brian. I love this. Okay, so here's one thing I do know from being the fifth, I don't know, whatever number chapter, 75 chapter we were in Mobile. You have to have 50 people commit to AIGA if you're going to do an AIGA chapter. So that's the one kind of, ooh, if you don't, if like Blacksburg might not be that big of a yeah. city that has enough creatives to kind of pull that. Same way, I don't know where in Michigan you are. Don't show uh, me your hand. Oh, oh, come on. Um, it's the only way. No, no. Where? Um, that's okay. But like where in the... We're right in the middle of the state. And is it in a yeah. big city? So we're in the capital. So we're in, okay. uh, we're technically in East Lansing, but uh, Lansing is the capital of Michigan. We're not the biggest city in the state. So th one thing that's really hard. And so when I went to Western, we ran into a problem with this as well. So we are very close to being equal distance between Chicago and Detroit. Oh, wow. Um, which makes it really hard for AIGA. Uh, especially when I was at Western and we were a student group there, nobody would claim us. We actually did not have a parent organization because we were in the middle of Chicago and Detroit. Um, and even here, it is hard to get to those Detroit events. It's, you know, about an hour and a half away. So there's not, not the one best. in Lansing. No, there's not an AIGA Ooh. group here. There is an AIGA student group. Um, and it's driven by the graphic design program. We don't, as staff members, we don't have any interaction with them. Um, I only have interaction with them because I hire interns uh, mm -hmm. from our design program and they happen to be in it. One was a former president of the student group, but not, uh, not a actual professional organization in the area. And I mean, it's, it's hard. One of our faculty members used to be the president of AIGA Detroit, but it's really hard to get to Detroit to actually do how, this. How far, how long of a drive is that? It takes about an hour, hour and a half. Mm. Um, yeah, that's a long time for a night event or even maybe a weekend event. Yeah, it, it, it gets a little difficult. And not that, you know, we don't like to drive places. We got to drive everywhere. Uh, but yeah, if you're, you know, if you're looking to do something and there's an evening event after work, you're looking at, you know, three hours in travel time, right. at least two. And then the event, uh, it's as much as I love my job and it's, I love my passion. Um, at the same time, I've got two kids yeah. I've got to be home sometimes. Uh, I'm recently appointed as a school board member for public schools here. Uh, so now I get to do that in the evenings as well. You know, it's, it definitely makes it a little hard. So um, Kim says, and she's in, in New York, and she says she's a longtime AIGA New York member. Matter of fact, I'm attending a seminar tonight discussing the Uber brand design. Ooh, so nice. I think location is really big. Um, so going back to Brian's question, it says he's been trying to team up with a few local creatives to create community, just like Josh is talking about, and have thrown around the idea of starting a professional AIGA chapter. Again, it's just really, it is a really good thing, Brian, because you're honing in to a group that's already established. There's lots of perks that go with AIGA, but it's about, you have to have those, those numbers and, yeah. and that's it. And so it's if you can get those 50 people then you're golden and for us it's 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 kind of difficult as well because so like the group that we have here is very specific to it being creative people from michigan state university mm -hmm. now it, we we actually do benefit in this area there are a lot of design studios uh we actually had mm -hmm. our um local addies this week there's a lot of advertising and design representation of the area um but 
being an in-house designer and especially being, you know, a designer for uh, a university or higher ed, we're not considered exactly the same as designers that work for studios. Um, it's kind of hard. I'm not saying yes. that anyone's trying to exclude anyone, but we have a very different uh, way we have to work. We have diff very different things that we're doing. Um, I think a lot of in-house designers feel that way. I think a lot of in-house people feel separate or, or I don't think this at all. I actually think that in-house designers are amazing. I actually think it anyway, but sometimes they feel like low. If there's a tier of designers, the advertising people, those are the best. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want to be one of those people because those people are the most stressed out. But, and then the second tier is the design firms or design studios and then in-house. And so it feels like you're like, you definitely see, people see that hierarchy for sure. And unfortunately, it's, it's not true. It's not like, true at all. It's not at all. Absolutely. It's not at all. It's, it's unfortunate because that, that, that idea does exist. Um, and it's hard. There's, there's reasons why I work in house. Um, yeah. I've, I've worked for a studio. There's lots of reasons why I work in house. I used to work for, as I said, I used to work for a really nice small studio. It was fantastic in many regards and other regards like, insurance and benefits and the well, things that you need to survive and have a usually life. Usually <laughs> you make a little bit more money or you make a good bit more money in-house than you do at some of those other places. Maybe not advertising, but you have to work your way up and it can be very stressful. And the, your your time, your hours are more set at an in-house place. You work yes. five and that's I definitely sacrifice that. I have a very flexible and lenient schedule that I that does not exist in the design world elsewhere. I don't think w working in house you definitely benefit in that way a hundred percent. Okay, <laughs> we're on question three. Um, <laughs> oh come on, that's like we three have, and a half. <laughs> we talked about some of the other ones. We did. You're right. So I want to talk to you about your craft beer love because I think this is something that is ends up being so a lonely only doesn't maybe they're connected with an AIGA group or a creative mornings group or they have something else because it doesn't mean that if you're if you are in-house that you can't fit, get with other in-house people so then you could kind of mm -hmm. um, get together and do those things but what are some of the things outside of work that have fueled some of the even work that you've done inside so as you said yeah I uh, I will definitely use uh, the word snob I'm a craft beer snob uh, I, it's, it, let's call it a hobby. We'll, we'll say that it's hiding alcoholism as a hobby. Um, but it's, it's really great. It's actually how I met most of my friends here in the area. Once I moved here, um, it has an entire community to itself as well. Um, meeting brewers are great. We have some great breweries right here in the area that are now just nationally known. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, I love beer. I really do. I love everything about it. The sad part is my wife can't drink it at all. So um, it's unfortunately something that I get to do. And so does she have like a gluten allergy? Can you see this big? No. It's uh, really big on mine. There we go. Oh, it is? Okay. Well, then I'm going to leave it big for a second. So this is something that you created. You did two kind of um, pieces. And so you want to tell yeah. us about this? 
So this is uh so there is a local brewery here called Old Nation Brewing and mm-hmm. uh they kind of hit the scene running in this area and uh M Live which is a news agency named one of their beers like the best uh Michigan beer for 20 either 17 or 18 um and I know that I've met the brewers I talk with them the marketing guy they know I'm uh, they know I'm a designer and they approached me for this and uh, they had said hey you know we're actually starting this new uh, festival that's going to be in town here would you like to do some of the identity work for it um, and I was like yeah that sounds fantastic um, now I wouldn't call it spec work because I got paid in beer which is not the worst <laughs> thing in the world um, that's just trade yeah, it's it it's a bartering system. We're going back to it. It's fantastic, um, and the only thing that was the only thing that was unfortunate about that project is there were some details that didn't work out right, and unfortunately, we didn't actually use it for the event. Um, it's the downside, but not every project. But you had fun. Right yeah, I had a lot of fun doing it. Have uh, you ever done something like that before? Not really for either a festival or for craft beer. Um, and that's something like there are some great, uh, craft beer design out there. Um, there's some people that I follow on Instagram that do that amazing work and it just blows me away. Um, and it's something that I would, I, you know, I don't get to do that here in high red. Um, but that's something that I would like to do on the side. And it has to be one of those things like, you know, you gotta, you gotta do the work to, you know, get the work. Um, so I'm hoping to expand on that. A little bit more and that's one reason why I just really said yes to doing uh, that festival just kind of getting the foot in the door a little bit um, getting out there meeting your community because these brewers are part of your community too mm-hmm. and when they know you're into the bartering system they like that <laughs> so so Andre asked have you done any labels for beer because this sort of has a sort of label feel yes and that's what we were going for we were going for because uh, that was a lager festival so we were going for like a kind of like a vintage Pilsner or lager um, label yeah we'll work for beer a hundred percent naomi uh, I, I mean i'm gonna buy it eventually anyway so we got it right. and once you be once you hit that snob level uh the beer starts costing a lot more um, so bartering is good bartering is good but no andre i haven't done a label um it's kind of hard so a lot of designers probably know it's really hard to create that passion project that doesn't really have that purpose Mm. Um, so as much as I would love to create some, uh, create some labels, it's hard when you're just designing with that blank slate, you don't have the creative brief to go with it. Mm. When you're just designing anything in the world that could be, it's really hard to kind of hone that in because it's not, it's not reality. You know, if I was working with a brewery like that, you know, you're, you're going to have stipulations, you're going to have and Things which are helpful, right? Yes, those exactly. constraints help us. I always needed those those prompts from in school. 100%. When people just open it up, it was very uncomfortable. So you either have to really know who you're going for or an audience or um, a, an event or something. Like you have to kind of create that. So Exactly. So what other things do you do that fuel that fire for you? So I... I try to do a lot of different things. And uh, I, I made this joke to somebody else recently too. I'm always looking for the next project I won't ever finish. Um, <laughs> I, I, I start a lot of different things. Uh, try to keep up with them as much as I can. One thing that really helped me, and this was not this previous fall, but the fall before that, is I told myself that I was going to participate in Inktober that year. 
Mm. Uh, anyone doesn't know inktober is a monthly drawing or a month-long drawing challenge in october there's tons of lists of prompt words um you get a prompt word for each day of the month there's people with different themes for them was this Uh, one of yours yes so that is climb Mm -hmm. uh sometimes i i I take things quite literally um Mm -hmm. but it was really cool because one and this goes to kind of like my learning process a little bit so when I was in school, we didn't learn Illustrator. We learned Macromedia Freehand because it still existed. And that shows how old I am or maybe how long ago I was in school. And it was fantastic. Yeah, Brian's got it. Macromedia for the win. Um, freehand was that awesome. Too. That's what I yeah. learned then. Yeah. And it was really hard because after I graduated, Adobe bought Macromedia, destroyed Freehand. And it was getting to that point where InDesign had become a lot more powerful in the past few years. And I was like, man, I can get away with doing any illustration stuff I need to do in InDesign. I mean, there was a few little things and now my eyes are open, but I thought there were a few little things that I really needed Illustrator for. So I had told myself for Inktober that I would in the process teach myself how to use Illustrator better because I knew it was my weak point and I knew I could get better at it. Um, so I told myself that I would make sure I would try to learn the different ways that I should be doing things correctly in Illustrator. And I would only use that for all of Inktober. And I got to say, I was pretty proud. One, I actually did the entire thing. I went all the way to October 31st. Um, I did pre-plan a couple things. Most of the time I would just try to go in that day. Look but at sometimes, but it's just like your group pre-planning. I think this is some yeah. of those from it. Pre-planning yep. really does help because then it's not about time. Your time is you're yes. taking care of your time, and you've already done some of the concepting instead of just waiting, right? Yes. And then my other goal was so with it, I was like, okay, one, you got to do the entire thing. Two, you're going to do it all in Illustrator. And three, you're going to pick a distinct style that you've seen before Mm -hmm. and you are going to illustrate the entire set to be one cohesive set the entire time. And then some of them have uh, secondary drawings, which were kind of fun. Like if you go up to the mouse. Oh, whoops. um, Oh, oh yeah, that was a special Friday the 13th edition. Okay. Yeah, happened. Here, I'll go to the mouse. Like the mouse is there, so there's actually two of them. Oh, um, I love that. But the juxtaposition of the tails matching or the there's an air the airplane one has two of them there. Um just yeah, as this, cool. like, patterns change. Um but doing October was actually absolutely fantastic. I loved it. Now I turn these things into stickers and I hand them out mm-hmm. to people. Um I've got the poison one and but I was impressed. I did. I did the entire thing. Oh, that it. one's good, Josh. Yeah. See, if I if I take did my did you do that blur in Photoshop? I mean, in Illustrator. I think I did. <gasps> I'm trying to remember. See, I, I I had to teach. I would Google how to blur in Illustrator. Mm-hmm. Um, sadly, that one. If I take my contacts out, I wouldn't be able to see the screen anymore. That's not even <laughs> a good representation of it. That was my nice little lumberjack. Or with, but you made a sticker of him, right? Yep, I've got a sticker of uh of him there. Um, that's big old Paul. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I, pre- I definitely pre-planned a couple of them. And the most impressive part about it was, is I actually continued to do it when Adobe Max happened that October. And I think, you know, when you go to conferences, how much time you don't have and how long those days are. Um, the little cigarette pack, and I, I think the word was dirty. And since we, uh, Max was in Vegas that year, and I was like, man, I cannot believe how much <laughs> smoking is going on here. This is insane. It's in my, it's in my pores. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I'm sitting on a smoke-free campus here, so it's I'm not used to that in my environment anymore. Uh, and so I remember illustrating that one at 2 a.m. Vegas time, which is oh, wow. three hours past us, and I really wasn't clicking with the uh, jet lag. Um, well, good for you. And I, I still submitted one every day. I think my contacts were like glued into my eye sockets at that point. I couldn't see what I was doing. It's the, a pro tip to show out how I didn't, pay attention to the details it's the only one that doesn't have the shadow effect that all the other ones do I like the oh. split toning because I just completely forgot and it was like 5 a.m my time and I just gave up <laughs> that's okay yeah I noticed the next day I was like looking I was like no <laughs> and I was like no I can't I can't redo it because I really had focused on you will do this every day and I wanted the record to so you didn't give up once again yeah so you Stick harnessed your inner beaver and you don't give up my Stick with it. Right. Okay. So one other thing I wanted to ask you, want to make sure we talk about is about the positivity. And so yeah. I asked you this question. You're also a big proponent of the effects of positivity. You've always been, to me, you've always been so, have you always been so positive? Or was there an event or time that happened that caused you to change that mindset and really start making positivity a habit? I mean, you have, you have your choice. You can either be positive or you can be negative. Um, I think I know which one is going to help you live a longer life and make your life a little bit better in the process. So why not go for it? Um, to a lot of people, there, I'm not always a positive person. I might seem <laughs> that way. I try to be, um, I don't drink caffeine. Or, I mean, I drink caffeine. I don't drink coffee. So all of this is just pure, uh, adrenaline most of the time. Uh, but, but it is a choice. It is. It is positive. a choice. It is a choice. Uh, you know, you don't always get to make that choice yourself. Sometimes that choice is made for you. Mm -hmm. um, but if you have the ability to be positive, why not? Mm -hmm. And you're going to affect everybody else around you. Uh, I made the opposite quote to, of this to my wife, I think, yesterday. And I said the best way, and this is a, this is a paraphrasing from a Kelvin and Hobbes uh, cartoon from way long ago. It was the, the best way to help a bad mood is to spread it around. Um, <laughs> and I think that's the, the same goes true for positivity. Mm -hmm. The best way, and the, the best way to stay positive is to spread that positivity around. Um, and I'm not saying say yes to everything because you're going to get yourself in trouble that way. Uh, you can be positive and still say no. You can positively say no. Right. <laughs> uh, but it, it really does help. And I mean, there's the days when I'm feeling the same way. I'm feeling in that rut. I'm not in a good mood. It's going to be obvious to everyone, especially if you're positive most of the time and you're not in a good mood. People mm -hmm. kind of pick up on that. But if you can rub it off on everybody else and, you know, help out, it's just going to help everybody. I hope, I hope that is the exact comment, Brian. Thank you. That's yeah. Kelvin and Hobbes shaped my, shaped my future for sure. Bill Watterson was a master. Um, I, loved him. I still read the books I had as a child. Whenever I go to my parents' house, they're still sitting there. They are so bent in half from how many times I read them. Uh, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I hope, I, I love that you say that I'm a positive person too, because, um, I talk about this when I do conference speaking sometimes is, you know, you only get, you only get to know what you think of yourself, but a lot of what you are is your outward reflection and what people see you as. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it makes me feel positive that you say that I'm a positive person because that means I'm doing my job. And hopefully I'm not just sitting here and just, you know, putting on 
the positive face all the time. And, you know, you do have to kind of live that way. You can't, you mm -hmm. can't fake it because with anything, you can only fake it for so long well, or about, you're going to be able to, people can tell that you're faking it. It's about perspective a lot of times, right? Like, yeah. okay, well, looking at it from how Judy saw it, if you and Judy had had a row, you know, it's looking at it and seeing, okay, well, how could I see it from what Judy, Judy's perspective? I think that's an effect of positivity. But I also think that people want to be around other people who are positive. So if you're super sarcastic, sometimes it can rub people the wrong way because we don't know if you're being, well, especially in like chats or texts or something, it, it's, it's hard. It's hard to know if you're just being funny or not. Yeah. So sometimes it's just really important to be positive and be that encouraging. And that's what this whole month is about for love on designers for sure. Okay. So yeah. sometimes social media can get really kind of negative. Sometimes. Okay. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> so what's your philosophy on things that you post and share? And then I'll ask you the rest of it. Okay. So yeah, social media definitely is not the most positive environment to be in. It's quite toxic most of the time. And that's a great word for it. It's toxic. It is. Um, and I've seen, uh, there's a lot of uh, Instagrammers that, excuse me, that I follow that talk on this subject quite a bit. Um, it's, it's really hard. Like, so yeah, I definitely, the negativity, the negativity feeds into things and it can be as simple as, oh, I posted something and, you know, I'm not getting any views. I mean, that mm -hmm. definitely, it hurts. Um, I am guilty. I've deleted something that had a really bad interaction. Um, and a lot of that does have to do with the Instagram algorithm. Like it didn't get enough or, or it was getting negative feedback. I, I, I'm guilty of deleting it because it did not get a lot of views. Um, it seemed, it also seemed really low based on the other analytics of my post. So I didn't know if it was something I did wrong with tagging. Um, and I wanted, I ended up reposting it at a different time to see if it was something that I did wrong. Um, Cause I, I don't have a big Instagram following. So, you know, when there's 15, 15 hearts on a post, Whoa, we got it. Right. Um, yeah. Banner year for it's all coming up Millhouse. It's all fantastic. Um, but, but sometimes it is that it's a great piece and it was just posted at the wrong time or it was the wrong day or you, you know can't beat I mean? that algorithm. It's, it's going to, it's going to come down hard on you anytime and luckily you know i'm not running it as a business if you see my work and you would like to hire me go to joshua no i'm <laughs> <laughs> we'll share uh, that in a minute joshua-mori.com m-o-r-e-y but that's so there's people that are making their living off of instagram so right. when the algorithm is fighting them it's hurting their business it's hurting sure. their money that's that's hard i luckily have this plush warm white box to live in right um and they pay me money to do this all day so uh, what do you what about things that other people post that you share because i always think that that's like the real um that's like taking somebody on your shoulder if you mm -hmm. share a piece of content not just the stuff that you post but also the things that you share i asked my students this and they said oh i don't share very much and i said well what kind of things do you share because i actually really think that it's really interesting what other people do share and they were like really it has to be really um funny or it has to have yeah. been something that i want my name attached to and i so what kind of things do you share so i for social media and the only platform that i'm really on is instagram for professional stuff i use facebook for personal things and you know 
posting photos of my kids and all that. And I am not a Twitter user. I have a Twitter account. It just says go to my Instagram page now. Um, it's not my vibe. Uh, but so I don't really repost other stuff. And I think okay. part of it is because Instagram makes it really hard to do it. You know, mm-hmm. they're, it's not really about a sharing culture. Uh, and they've taken that stance. They're like, why don't you have a repost button? Because we don't want it. Mm-hmm. We're not going to do it because we're not Twitter. And it's unfortunate because I do think there is value in that. And so I think I've gotten to this point where I just, I've kind of made it on like what my plan is, is that I'm, I don't share stuff from other people. Now I do collect it and look at it. I have lots of little pin folders or whatever that little thing in the corner is now. Um, so I'm definitely looking at things i'm making sure that i'm collecting them because i think they're beautiful or inspirational mm-hmm. but i'm really not putting it back out there to other people and that's just kind of the stance that i've well, taken and it's because you're living mainly on instagram yes okay yeah right, it'd be so- different if it was like oh would you like to repost this click yeah that sounds great since right. they make it hard they yeah oh yeah they totally make it hard and I think right. it, make, it it's really easy for people to steal stuff, which I think is another toxic problem with social media as well. Like showing, since they don't have a way that would repost your work and keep your name attached to it, it makes it really easy for people to kind of snag your own work. And it's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. Absol- absolutely. So do you, so you don't do this yet. Do you, have you thought about branding your images like with something um i'm gonna try to pull up my friend scott soder he does this really good i think um i've thought about it um Mm -hmm. i feel like i'm not popular enough that anyone would want to steal my work but you never know what people are going to want because there's i mean again i follow a lot of people there's people every week that are saying i can't believe this global brand stole my drawing and it's hard because they're going to steal no matter what and i kind of feel like that's that's the part with uh, like adding a watermark or something to it. If someone gonna, really wants to steal it, they're going to steal it. Yeah. I'm going to show you Scott Soders. I think this is what I, so he does a couple different things. He'll do where he'll have his um, name on a post or he'll do like this circle that he does like a ghosted. Mm-hmm. Um, he does this a lot. And so I would just say on some of yours, I think, that you have, I love these, this texture that you're creating, especially well, because you. it's connected to your school. Mm-hmm. I think you should brand that. I think that you should have your Josh Morey something so that it's that. ghosted on those so that people could, because if, if I'm taking screenshots like I do, my phone is full of screenshots of inspiration, but I think that those it's a style you can tell. I mean, that's one thing I love that you did in so much of this is that even when you were doing your lettering, you have this whole like pile of the lettering that you've mm-hmm. done. And, and I just really think I love things like this, but even that with your little Josh Mori right there, I just think yeah. you should, should, I just think it's really important. I teach my kids to do this. Granted, I don't do this. Huh. So do what I say, <laughs> not what I do. I need to do it better too. But I think that that would be, it's a, it's definitely a good point. I've thought about it. Um, the other part for me, and so we run into this with uh, work things where everyone's like, put a 
Spartan helmet on it. And I'm like, <laughs> but, but, but everything has a Spartan helmet on it. And then for me, it's a lot, it's that visual look of, because mm. I use Instagram as my portfolio now too. Um, I shut down my website because as most people's website, you don't update it until you're looking for a job. Right. And I was like, Instagram really shows what I'm working on. I put mm-hmm. sketches, I do my stories of stuff that comes in like today. If you go to my Instagram store, you're going to see some forest green crinkle paper for packing and it's beautiful because green is my color that right. I'm obligated to use. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, for part of it too, it's that visual, that visual break. But I think if you like the example you showed it, I think if you have a couple different ways like to use that, it doesn't have that same kind of monotony. Mm-hmm. So you definitely benefit in that way. Well, and that's some of the things that can come with being a in-house. And just, I just want to mention the more you type, the better your chances of winning our last prize. This is the last giveaway we will make. And Josh was going to give a giveaway too. So whoever gets this one is going to get Josh's stuff also. So we're just going to do one person and they're going to get all this. So Josh is going to send you some stuff and me and Kim are going to send you some stuff. So keep typing people because that's how you're going to get chosen. Okay. so. Have you, so being inside, um, you have limits, you have a brand palette and you have standards manual and you're doing these things and it can be limiting design wise and it can get stale. So Mm -hmm. having these side projects, Inktober, having these things that are longer periods of time, look, people are like, ah, um, so comment as fast as I can. It's your cat gif of pause. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so do you know what I mean? Like, is, yeah. is that some of the stuff that you do to kind of push out of just that green or just the helmet or, or going beyond? Definitely. And so, you know, thinking of Inktober, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to, I want to get better at illustrating because then I'm going to use those skills at work and mm. I'm going to do illustrations for different projects. And not every project gets to have that same care. Um, I've, I was hoping it would almost be done by the time that we were going to have the show today. I've been working on a, a secret project here and I don't want to show it off yet because, um, because it's got to get some approvals first. Right. Um, but I was <laughs> using the skills that I picked up by doing Inktober and some different things. So definitely a line art style, which I did with another thing. I'm using that on a donor gift that we're going to be giving out here. Um, for people that donated to our capital campaign when it was running uh, a year or two ago, but using those, Oh, come on, Brian. I dude, I want to so bad. All I can say, no, you can't, it's, it's okay. It's, we don't want you to get fired. We are glorious, all about positivity. Glorious. It weighs but eight pounds. When do you think Laser we'll be cut. able to um, see it? Like when could we check back? Hopefully really soon. So I have a. <laughs> like this week, next it. week. I probably next week, uh, or at least maybe in a couple weeks. So my goal is so with many things like this is I try not to, and this is the hard part of my Instagram too, is I try not to show things off until I know that the audience is going to see them. And everyone knows how that works at most jobs. And it's really hard because we want to show things off. So a lot of times if you see my Instagram stories or the posts, a lot of times it might be like a little piece of it or a zoom in or something truncated because I really want to, I'm so excited and I want to show off what I'm working on, but I can't show you what it is yet and that's the hard part with uh, with a lot of the work we do so self-control so self-control is a big piece of it share your um instagram link in the chat right now so wherever you're wherever your screen is right now it's joshua mori m-o-r-e-y and joshua 
J-O-S-H-U-A-M-O-R-E-Y. So that would be the best place. So, so Rachel has something, and you're really good yeah. at this. Rachel had a question about tips for um, making meaningful connections at any conference. She's going to Creative yeah. South. Way to go, Rachel. Um, come find me. Um, yes. So what would you um, – so Brian says talk with anyone and everyone and volunteer. So what would you say is one of the best things? You have a sticker. Yeah. I So – it's it's this is the hard part too so when we've talked about this before diane so i have a uh conference talk that i do called nice to meet you and it's about networking and pushing your personal brand based on your strengths to network with people better and create opportunity through that because you never know who you're going to meet if you're going to work with them in the future um and the hard part is is this doesn't work for introverts i'm working on trying to figure out how to get you guys out of your shell um but one of the great things, uh, so have something to give someone. I mean, that's one of the best ways here. And I'm not talking a business card. That's um, the thing is, is wear things with pockets. That would be one yeah. tip I would say. My, so I have my phone and then I have three other pockets that are empty and they have different stickers in them. Exactly. So I've seen I, you like, whoop. And you think people want to talk to you in that vendor, they want you oh, to yeah. come, that you don't have to buy anything. You can just come talk. I just talk to tons of stuff. Come talk to Diane. Uh, yeah. And at Creative South. Co talk to Bob. I mean, yeah. yeah. So, so, but I would also say, don't be afraid to go ask somebody to lunch or can I join you for lunch? Yeah. I love eating lunch with people I don't know. So I oh, yeah. almost always, it's pretty fast. We're just walking. That's one thing I like about Creative South. You don't have to get an Uber or anything. You can just walk. And if somebody's alone, I always ask them to go with us. Like yeah. if it's just me or if it's somebody else. So I would say have that because this is what I told my students. They the rando had, lunch. Yeah. <laughs> we had um, um, a uh, AIGA portfolio review. And so there was five different schools. And so sometimes, you know, they're not as confident, so they don't pop out and they don't go meet other people. But I think that if you can, how do you feel when somebody comes up to you, Rachel, and starts talking to you, you feel better. Like it makes mm -hmm. you feel better because they made that attempt. So you be that person, you be the person that makes everybody feel better. They don't know that you're an introvert. You can actually be anybody. And so this is where the beaver comes in. You, these, the beavers are like community people. They are hard workers. So you questions you can always ask, where are you from? You're already connected. Like you all, this is one thing I love about creative stuff is that you all um, are listening to the same speakers. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I'm reading, sorry, I started reading this. Jason wrote, said, Diane, you should listen to my episode today. Okay, I will. <laughs> you said I should listen to this episode. And I'm like, I am listening. I'm listening to myself. I'm listening to Josh. What are you talking about? <laughs> I just reread it wrong. Um, but I think, Josh, don't you think that that's something like you kind of have to become like what would make me feel better as a person? I know Kim and I, we weren't friends before and she just asked me to dinner and Kim was like, I couldn't believe you went to dinner with us. And I was like, why not? I mean, to be honest, <laughs> I almost never get to eat because I'm just so busy at Creative South. So my meals are really important that I try mm -hmm. to spend those with new people. Yeah, so, and it, for everyone who's commenting here about Creative South too, you will meet your lifelong friends there. 
Uh, it's fantastic. Someone was talking about, you know, well, you know, most of the people that are out are all attendees, which is fantastic about Creative South because you're adding 800 people to this small town. You, you do have to put yourself out there a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, start a random conversation with someone. Uh, the person that I met on the I met one person in the airport because they saw me, you know, sitting near that gate and I was probably doing something on my laptop and they're like, Hey, are you going to the conference? Mm-hmm. And we talked the entire time. Uh, the person I sat next to on the plane, we ended up hanging out the entire conference and the people that were sitting in front of us, we ended up just being a great group of people that all love to hang out together. And it was absolutely fantastic. And we hung out, you will meet genuine people. That's fantastic. I love creative self. I know I'm super, I'm super sad that I'm not going back one because of the video game theme, which was awesome. Um, You never know. So have a sticker, I think have a sticker or a button. So yeah, I've got, you know, yeah, it's just, it's nice to meet you. And it's probably backwards for you guys. No, it's perfect. We see it fine. Awesome. Everything's just backwards to you. Awesome. So yeah, I just, you know, I, I tell someone and it's how we end the conversation. I say, Hey, it was really nice to meet you. And then I hand you a sticker that literally says nice to meet you. And I've got my little Instagram handle on there. I yes. Have, I hand out says the same thing. Nice to meet you. And this all but started. Your handle on there is critical because if you yes. don't have your website or some way for yeah. people to connect with you, it's right there. It's too hard. Um, because if I stick right your there. sticker on it, yes. If I stick yeah. your sticker, if I use it, you can hide it I on the side. To, yes, exactly. Yeah. I totally yeah. am with you on that. Yeah, a hundred percent. And so I mean, circled back to the Inktober thing. I mean, these are my illustrations I made right? in Inktober, and now I hand them out as stickers. It's got my handle on it. Um, I give out pins, and a lot of this actually had stemmed like the nice to meet you had stemmed from my uh, business cards, where. Um, and you got buttons too. Yeah, I got, I got buttons this year, which are awesome. I love the buttons. Um, it really had started out where I have. Uh, I talk about personalization a lot. And one of my strengths is individualization. So finding out what an individual person needs and how can we connect? Um, So, you know, everyone's got their business cards and I just, I'm not, I didn't plan any of this. It just happens to be on my desk. And, you know, we've got hello. And then we've got, you know, I design blank. Mm. Let's fill it in. Um, Should we stop collaborating? Listen, channel channel the vanilla ice here. Um, You know, once we meet, we've got our secret handshake that we know. That's how we connect. Um, And this, there we go. Finally, the nice to meet you card. So that's how this all started with me handing out these stickers was, you know, if I can hand someone a business card, that's fantastic. But if I can hand them a sticker, I bet they're going to use it. They're going to stick it on their laptop. It right. still has my handle on it. You're going to find me that way. And it, it helps remember it. it and is. I do end that. And I truly believe it. It was nice to meet you. I mean, that's right. maybe it's my Midwestern charm. I don't know. Uh, maybe it's just because we're all nice and we're so close to Canada. Maybe it's just rubbing off. Uh, we can all get some Tim Hortons and have some donuts after this. Um, <laughs> but, you know, if we take the time to connect, it really was nice to meet you. A hundred percent. Well, Josh, I've gone way over. I just looked at the time and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have another faculty senate meeting. So I got to go. Okay. But I can't tell you thank you enough. I hope that we um, hopefully encouraged you, Rachel, and hopefully we gave everybody some good tips on, I love the introverts guide. Kim, me and you, we got to do that. That's next. That's March. We did love on designers in April. I'm just kidding. I do think that would be funny though. Okay. Um, wait, one thing. Somebody said, what is behind my O shift command sign? Uh, Ferris Bueller's day off. Uh, oh, cool. poster by Jay Ryan. So I hope maybe that's it. Or we've got a, uh, there we go. I'm trying to do it. The inflatable Jerry French from French's paper. Um, cause he is essential to life. Um, yeah. 
So what is what is after the command? Command what? Oh, uh, Z. Um, my life is exclamation pound. Uh, I can't say those words. You said I had to keep it clean. So, um, yeah, my, and I talk about this a lot. Uh, I would be nowhere without the command Z button because, uh, we do have to fail. It helps us, but if we're able to undo it, it really helps so much that, uh, my Xbox gamer tag gamer tag is CMD plus Z. Um, cause the undo button, I, I probably, I can't believe I haven't worn out the Z on my laptop. <laughs> right. They make it extra strong yeah. for us. I think. Try it. Go back. Try something else. Go back. Failure benefits you hundred percent. So yeah. Command. Amy likes your cameras also. Well, thank you. I, I used to, when I, before I had children, I had expendable income. I collected vintage cameras <laughs> and cool. now I don't. They, well, you have one by Jerry. Yeah. Yep, there's some up there. There's can't. There's some more down there. There's some more in storage. Yeah, I was slightly addicted to buying them on eBay for a while, and I would actually shoot medium format film uh, when it was easier to get it. Right. Uh, you know, actually developed. Um, so I would buy them and I would use them a little bit. All right. So I just wanted to make sure you guys know there's a couple ways you can support the channel. And one of those ways, I'm going to um, change the view so that when it's recording, it'll be doing different. Um, you can always give us a review on iTunes or on Spotify because we're there. And you can also catch all these links that we've shared. They will be in the show notes. You can go to rechargingyou.com slash 288. I love Elementor. That's a plugin. It's how I build websites. Thanks to Brian White, who's here, or he was here. Um, Elementor is fantastic. We use it here too. Oh my gosh. It is. <laughs> so you can take any theme really and make something new. Me and Amy were talking about it earlier in the chat, but I, I really do love it. So you can check that out at um, bit.ly slash DR Elementor, and that's a capital D and a capital R. I love um, access to Audible. So check it out. And hopefully you'll enjoy it as much as I do. I'm currently reading Girl, Wash Your Face. So I'm listening to Every Morning um, by um, Rachel Hollis. Hollis, I think. Oh, thank you, Brian. You're the best. He and is then, so on top of it. <laughs> he is my Vanna. I swear that is you. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Kim. <laughs> you can also do it from what I use the Divi. That's the Divi theme that I use. And then I use Elementor with it. Um, and it's Diane bit.ly slash Diane loves Divi. And then you can also uh, become a patron, even just for a dollar. A dollar helps. So um, at patreon.com slash Diane Gibbs. And I'm going to plop that in. But Josh, thank you so much. And guys, thank you so much for, for being here and coming. Uh, next week, we have Veronique Zayez, and she is a go-getter. She is a boot kicker. I can't wait to introduce you to her. She is really building community in Pensacola, Florida, and she's an incredible designer. She also is married to a craft beer brewer, and they are opening. I know, so she has a whole <laughs> bunch of craft beer stuff, so she's really created a ton, but also have done a lot of side projects that's really made her put her put something on the map because she decided to make a product for herself. Okay. Um, and like Diane said too. So if uh, whatever the winner is, I'm going to send them some uh, stickers from here too. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. Same Thanks, time, Diane. same place. Thank you so much. And remember, go follow Josh at Joshua Mori, M-O-R-E-Y on Instagram. See y'all later. Thanks. <laughs>